0: Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Katherine Kraus, Network CIO at Kings County Hospital. In this segment, Kraus talks about the challenges of going through an EMR conversion while the organization changes its business model, the complex interfaces her team must build to provide clinicians with the best possible view of data, and why no sound following a go-live is actually the scariest sound of all. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at Improvada.com. So thank you, Catherine, for taking some time to join HealthSystemCIO.com
1: today. So to get things started, can you give a maybe like a general overview of Kings County Hospital? What you have in, in terms of bed size, uh, the, some of the ambulatory offerings? things like that. Sure. So
2: Kings County Hospital is part of New York City Health and Hospitals. It's the largest public health care system in the country. And um, Kings County itself has over 800 beds and ambulatory clinics that cover almost every specialty and subspecialty you can think of. We serve um, the greater central Brooklyn area, and we have a very diverse population here. We um, have had to translate into 95 different languages for our discharge instructions. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: And how does it work as far as um, NYC uh, Health and Hospitals? Uh, Do you operate somewhat independently, or how does that work? Sure. So um,
2: it's in a great deal of transition at the moment. We've gone from um, having regional networks which is why the N is in front of the CIO, the network CIO. We've gone from that to being a more um, consulting type of an organization where central office has a shared service line uh, leadership role. So it's a little confusing at the moment because the actual table of organization hasn't been released and titles are changing and chairs are changing. And so, okay. We're, We're kind of in that middle valley right now where um, things are not clear as to how we're going to proceed, and, you know, we're still having to function in some of the old um, network type of functions.
1: Okay. So obviously that that brings up kind of some unique challenges for for you and the staff as you're kind of straddling two different boats.
2: It is right now. Um, It's kind of interesting because... Technically, none of the staff reports to me. We all report up to a service line up at the central office. And so um, for most people, that's not a problem because we have kind of a matrixed reporting structure. Unfortunately, a few individuals take that to a, a different level. And so, right. um, you know, some of those communication challenges that come with that.
1: Okay. What's the approximate size of the, uh, the IT staff? We have about
2: thirteen hundred
1: people over all the healthcare care system.
2: How many are physically located here depends on any given day. We probably have about fifty people on site on any given day, but um, some people straddle again between being at the corporate headquarters and being on site, and that again varies day by day.
1: yeah. And do you know, um, I guess this is the big question, but do you know really when things are going to start to be a little bit more clarified as far as uh, what's happening with, with the relationship?
2: We're, we're working on it day by day. We had a mm-hmm. huge leadership transition last right. year,
1: and just very
2: recently our corporate CIO was given the the title. He had been interim because of the leadership exit that happened last year. And so now that he's been finally defined as, as a permanent senior vice president and CIO, then the rest of it will trickle down once, once they get um, things a little more clearly defined.
1: Okay. And who is that CIO?
2: His name is Val Guido.
1: Okay. Now, so at um, Kings County Hospital, as far as the, the clinical applic- application environment, what, what type of EHR system do you have right now? So currently we're
2: on Quadramed and have been so for, my understanding is it's 15 to 20 years since we've been on Quadramed here. And this gets back to my um, original thing about the networks really having their own functional roles in IT with all the different hospitals. Each has a separate instance of Quadramed. We are moving to EPIC in a sin- single instance that we have a, you know, consolidated database for our, our uh, clinical EMR. And we have converted two of our 11 hospitals um, in April of this year and are working to accelerate that. But it's a complex organization and we have many challenges. So we were supposed to take a couple of hospitals up in December 1st and we've uh, shifted gears and we'll be bringing up Another hospital, probably February, March timeline.
1: Okay. And where does uh, Kings County fit in there?
2: Unfortunately, Kings County is likely to be at the end of the list mm-hmm. because it's such a big organization and because, you know, we're in a lot of leadership change and reporting structure change, and we're, our, we're an academic center associated with SUNY Downstate. Um, we'd like to get through some of our less complex organizations and make sure we have the template for the Epic deployment um, a lot more stable than than it is right now.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So Quadramed is being used, and it's obviously been in place for for a really long time. That that's uh that's pretty rare to have 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 that kind of a time with any kind of system. Agreed. Agreed. You know, when it was
2: deployed here originally, it was really a physician system rather than an EMR. Yeah. And so it's taken several years for the nursing documentation and the um, ancillary staff documentation to to get up to speed. Um, yeah. As we all know, QuadraMed is, is not a market leader, and the support is, is diminishing. And so one of the more compelling reasons to get off of it and onto EPIC is because the support is, is diminishing from Quadramed.
1: Yeah, sure. As far as um, you know, being able to to do things like uh, analytics, um, where does the organization stand? I imagine that, that that's a tough one. It is difficult.
2: You know, we have a complex environment. Our ADT system is Unity, which um, is an old Siemens product. We're moving to the Thorian component of it. So... You know, we have interfaces from Unity into Quadramed, and then it goes back to um, Unity for billing, patient billing and that kind of thing. So some of our billing comes out of Quadramed, some of it comes out of Unity. Mm-hmm. So the analytics is, is complicated, but notwithstanding the fact that we have a lot of integration and the analytics are actually pretty pretty good for such an old system and the amount of effort it takes to get the data into a data work, data mart.
1: What are some of the ways that you've been able to to leverage analytics?
2: Well, we've been working with meaningful use um, and meeting that both on the hospital side and on the physician side. Um, as we know, those those uh, targets are also kind of squishy, and um, you know whether we're going to be moving into another phase of that is not clear. We also have um, DISRIP. It's a statewide program that focuses mainly on the Medicaid-type population, and there are many programs associated with the funding that comes to a public hospital system through meeting certain, meeting certain metrics. And so that adds a layer of complexity to, to where we're going because we have um, the New York City Health and Hospitals is funded a lot through the actual mayor's office in New York City, and then we have kind of a partnership with One City Health, and then the Disrupt state-run uh, programs that are, are necessary to keep the funding for the public facilities. Okay. So they're they're coming in with different technologies. So interfacing to those technologies is also complicated. Again, we're changing from one business model to another business model in the midst of a an EMR implementation in the midst of moving from Unity to Sorian, and in the midst of many other projects.
1: <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of moving targets right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, you mentioned, of course, the that the plans for um, to, to go onto a single system. And as far as the hospitals that, that have started with it, is there a process in place for uh, having different people involved with kind of sharing some of the lessons learned or, uh, you know, gi- giving feedback uh, as to, you know, how things might change for the next hospital. I mean, I imagine this isn't an easy thing with such a big organization. Sure, sure. It, it is complex. I was
2: part of the um, conversion at our Queens and Elmhurst facilities, and I re- um, I don't know if you know, I'm sure, sure you do know Ed Marks. He's the, mm-hmm. the consultant CIO that's helping us through this um, epic conversion. And I remember on like day one or day two of the conversion, we were walking around and we were chatting about how it was eerily quiet, you know, because I've done a lot of um, conversions. Most of mine have been in the Cerner uh, arena over the years of my consulting. And um, you know how you're always waiting for that catastrophic thing that happens when you Mm -hmm. go from one system to the other. Right. And it was day two or day three or something, and we were like, okay, we're really nervous because it's... Mm -hmm. Not happening. I mean, there were the usual kinds of printer and user access and education issues that came. Not to say that there weren't some issues, and they were addressed very quickly. But it was very, um, it was very calm. The conversion was very calm and, and probably one of the calmest I've ever been on. And so, Ed and I were looking at each other and <laughs> saying, "This is um, this is a little frightening," but nonetheless, we went through the usual uh, trajectory of you know lots of incidents and then it trailed off over time. So we are taking those lessons learned, and we are building the template and then doing the localization at each of the facilities as we move forward.
1: Okay. And is this something where there's like um, specific uh, dates of of meetings, or um, is it really like, I imagine there's more action when there is a go live. Sure,
2: sure. Sure. Again, the governance strategy, I mean, mm-hmm. the clinicians have made the decisions about the original design and everything. Um, we've recently hired a corporate CMIO, Dr. Eitan Bahiri, and putting together that governance structure is, is another one of those moving targets at the moment. But we've also had um, senior leadership, not just on the IT side, but the senior leadership At a corporate level, we've hired um, senior vice presidents in a service line methodology um, where we're going to have acute care, long-term care, ambulatory care, HR, and finance. So we've hired those senior vice presidents. And then IT will be reporting up to those senior vice presidents that are going to be determining the strategy. And so some of that complexity is also how do you build the governance structure so that you you include all the facilities leadership and the clinical leadership and the IT leadership appropriately to make sure that
0: you're making the best decisions. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com podcast.